Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Fourth and Goal, the Sacramento State football-centric podcast here on StateHornet.com. I'm your podcast editor, Matt Gervin III, and I'm joined by... It's your beat reporter, Brandon Bailey, giving you the latest and greatest for Sac State football today, man. And I think we got a lot to talk about considering that Sac State is definitely in the driver's seat for that Big Sky title now. Yes, sir. Sac State is one win away from their second Big Sky title in three years. And really, if you want to get technical, I'd be their second in a row because they didn't play last season. But yeah. I know what the record books <laughs> will say that Weber won in the short and spring season. So this would be Sac State's second Big Sky title in three years. And all they got to do is knock off local rival UC Davis. But first, I think we got to talk a little bit about that game against Portland State. Sac State, of course, came out on top 49-20. to 20, But man, you and I were both worried <laughs> going into halftime because... This game was a lot closer than we felt it should have been. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, what, 21-7 at halftime? Um, and then even prior to the game, I thought we, we both thought it was going to be a lot closer than what it was. I think the turning point, though, was, man, like we like I was saying before we um, started recording, they just had that quarterback rattled, man. He was scared <laughs> for his life back there. I think he took a few shots from uh, Josiah early in the, in the first half. And uh, Hardman was – he was balling in that first quarter, too, Tyler Hardman. Yeah, it was just a it was just a strong defensive game for Sac State, man. They was they was all over the place. Those sharks were hunting. Were hunting. Yeah, it was a good defensive showing, and uh, there was one play that happened when Sac State got a big interception and they ran it all the way back for a touchdown. Only one problem: there was an illegal substitution penalty, <laughs> and that took seven points off the board. And I was sat there in the stands like. Oh, what a killer. Yeah, shout out Abel Ordaz, man. I seen you out there. Just know if anybody's seen you, we seen you take that back to the house. And it, it counts in my head, but unfortunately <laughs> just didn't count in the scoreboard. Yeah, man, that was crazy. I thought this that could have been a turning point for the whole game because after that it seemed like Portland State had a little bit of momentum on their side. They started trying to drive down the field and do something. They did until <laughs> the 94-yard kickoff by the fret, true freshman. I mean, that play was like, I think that play was the turning point for the Hornets right there. Yep. Once they scored that, they just didn't look back. Portland State actually took the lead. They were up 7-6, to six, and then Devin Gandy took it 94 yards to the house. Man, when I tell you that boy got some wheels on him, <laughs> he got some wheels. Talk about keeping the momentum on your side. They, everybody in the building felt that one. When First kickoff return in Sac State history since 2014. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> kickoff return touchdown. Yeah, those are getting rarer nowadays, and it's always great to see one live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to see that. You, it's so many things that have to happen for a kickoff return to go well, and not even just to go well, but for you to actually score. I mean, you got to make sure the blocking is right. You got to make sure the person that's returning it has some vision back there, and apparently Devin Gandy just had all three. He had the vision, the blocking, and the speed to take them all the way. So. Mm-hmm. And then – it was a little bit of a turnover fest at the end of the second quarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, turnover after turnover, man. <laughs> Even it was, I think, I believe um, it was a Sac State had fumbled. Mm-hmm. And then I believe. For Portland State threw a pick right before that. And yeah. then Sac State almost immediately fumbled the ball again. Right. And at that point in the game, you're kind of like, like you said, that's when you're kind of worried. That was going at halftime. It was a little closer than you think. And then the third quarter came. <laughs> <laughs> and the third quarter came. But I think what it was really important was 
they capitalized. They got another interception at the end of the second quarter yeah. off of Portland State, and they were able to score on that drive. So going into halftime up 21-7, to that was a lot more indicative of what we thought it should have been because it was looking like they were going to go in at 14-7, to and, you know, that could have kept Portland State in the game, really. But, nope, after that, they pretty much shut up shop from there. Scadaboo was running. Asher and Dunaway were throwing. I mean, it's hard, man. You got to think about it. You got a guy that can run in between the tackles downhill, and he doesn't care who he's going head up with. If you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Scadaboo. We've been talking about him for, like, the last three weeks. <laughs> and I'm sorry, y'all, but he just keeps running these guys over, you know? And then you got a guy like Asher who can, you know, he can hit the boundaries for him and, you know, make those big plays outside. And, shoot, I can't even just say the boundaries because apparently he's jumping over dudes inside, <laughs> the, inside in between the tackles every game now. The so. hurdle king, Asher O'Hara. Jump man, jump man, boy, that man is up to something. <laughs> <laughs> and, listen, you really have to give props to Cameron Scadaboo and that whole run game from Sacramento State. Picking up after Elijah Dotson is such a hard task to do. And, of course, Elijah just recently announced on Twitter that he's going to enter the transfer portal as a grad student. So, you know, we wish him all the best for his future career. We thank him for all the big moments he gave us at Sac State. But looks like no signs of slowing down from Sac State's run game because they have kept kept Um, all cylinders running. And shout out to Dotson. I think he's going to get picked up. He he won't be in the transfer portal for long. I mean – that dude was talented here. I mean, it was one point when we weren't good at all, and Dotson was the show. Mm-hmm. So, um, best of luck to him. But just to get back to what you were talking about, I think what makes them so versatile, like in the running game, is like I said, they have like a a balance of power running and a guy that could just beat you with pure speed. And it's the creativity that they put into the running game. I mean, a lot of teams they just give you. It's just straight up dive power. And tosses or whatever the case may be. And, you know, we see a lot of RPOs now, too, run-pass option plays. But Sac State is able to, like, switch it up to where they can give you a run-pass option with Asher where he can literally kill you with your legs. He can kill you with the pass. And then you got guys like Scadabo and Fulcher. And they didn't even play BJ, Mm, um, Perkinson. So imagine if he was in the mix. I mean, we had... We got to see little Gable score, baby Gable. Um, <laughs> shout out to EJ Gable. That's um, Isaiah Gable's brother. He got a touchdown. And it seems like every week, man, they're just adding somebody else to the mix. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, I think, Kyle Santowski did not miss an extra point after I talked about it last week. So that's a big win. <laughs> that's a big win for me personally and for this show that we did not jinx him. He did miss a field goal because of you, man. Uh, listen, we ain't going to talk about that. He said he was perfect in extra points, not field goals. <laughs> but he's extending his hold on most field goals in the season. And as we said, it was a pretty dominant performance, 49-20. to 20. So you would think that would earn Sac State some big love in the FCS polls from the national media. Nope. <laughs> they, they just don't like them. Whoever's running those committees, man, they just don't like Sac State. <laughs> I understand the strength of schedule argument, but that argument kind of – I don't think it should matter when you're blowing out the competition that's supposed to not be competition, you know? Um, it's it's hard because you can only beat who's in front of you. And if who, who is in front of you – I mean, Portland State was on a hot run coming into that yeah, game, right? They had just beat. knocked off Weber. So, I mean, it's not like they were a pushover. And it, they barely bumped us up, man. We are – 11th in the stats poll. Again, four Big Sky teams ahead of us. Montana State's at three. Eastern's at five. Montana's at seven. And UC Davis is at 10. We're at 11. Riddle me this, Mac. How are you behind a team that you beat? 
That one I just I can't understand. I I I hear you with the you can only play who's in front of you, but they beat Montana. They won. There's no reason why they should be behind Montana. And that's if you guys think that's biased because I'm just the beat reporter for Sac State, no. This is just this is just cold hard facts. Well, continue the disrespect because in the coaches poll it's even worse. <laughs> Montana State's at three, Eastern Washington at six, Montana is at seven. UC Davis is at 11, and to find Sacramento State, you got to go all the way down to 18th. If it was your guess, if we beat UC Davis, I mean, I guess it won't matter because it's all about playoffs after that anyways, but do you think they would finally exceed Davis if they beat them, or Davis and Montana and those other schools, or do you think they would still be slept on? I feel like you have to put Sac State above Davis if they win. Yeah. And I feel like, because, you know, Montana State is going to play Montana next week, so one of those two teams is going to fall. If it's Montana State, I don't know if they're going to put us above Montana State, Mm -hmm. honestly. But I think we should go ahead of Davis should we win. And we should definitely go ahead of Montana if Montana loses. That's just inexcusable if we don't. And, you know, as we're talking about the playoffs here, you know, Sac State currently tied for the lead in the Big Sky, as I mentioned at the top. They can clinch at least a share of the Big Sky title with a win against Davis. Montana State is also 7-0 undefeated in conference play. They take on Montana. Here are the scenarios. If Montana State loses to Montana and Sac State wins, then Sac State will win the Big Sky Conference outright and the automatic bid. If Sac State and Montana State both win or they both lose, then they both take home a share of the Big Sky title. And I believe tiebreakers would say Montana State would take home the automatic berth tiebreaker. Although it gets more interesting if they lose because then we'll both have a loss yeah. to a common opponent. So that will be interesting to see. But bottom line is Sac State wins. They get a Big Sky title and almost assuredly get a home playoff game and probably will get a first round bye too. I think they'll bump us up to eighth. And man, would that be a confidence booster if they beat Davis for the Big Sky title? I mean, I don't know about you, but that's that's a that's a – pretty nice way to go out you beat your rival for the big sky big sky title and you have a chance to knock him out of playoffs hmm. this game is going to be an interesting for one for sure yeah i was on the field when they beat uh uc davis in 2019 to win their first big sky title in school history and you could tell the emotion was there like first ever big sky title in school yeah. history that that was a big moment for them and getting able to lift that causeway classic trophy which i've heard from troy taylor is actually pretty heavy <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's going to be an interesting game next week, man. I mean, Davis, they're coming in. Obviously, they lost to um, Eastern Washington last week, but they're not no slouch. They're not – I wouldn't consider them a slouch, man. They're still a pretty dominant threat. They run a multiple QB system like us, which can make it, um, I guess, an interesting game because both teams should be similar with how to defend each other. I mean, it's always different when you're playing a different team, but, you know, similar styles, I think it would be easier to make those adjustments. Yeah, it looks like Miles Hastings is going to be the go-to quarterback for UC Davis. Looks like actually Hunter Rodriguez was playing a lot of snaps early in the season, but he hasn't recorded any stats since the game against Northern Colorado. Having watched him at American River College, he's a lot like uh, <laughs> Kevin Thompson type. He can hit you with both the arm and the legs, passing and running. So it's a shame we won't get to see him in this game if that's the case. Yeah. But, I mean, there's still a lot of weapons to prepare for if you're Sac State and 
this is the biggest game of the season right here. So yeah, if you got to make a stand, you got to make a stand here. Yeah, definitely. Ben, there's no, no, no um, slander sacks there either. Davis has a, a battle ahead of him, man. I mean, this defense right now, if they're not the best in the big sky, they're top two for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the the secondary to me is really the the key to this defense, man, because it's like it'll be situations where these teams are driving down the field on Sac State, but they just can't finish a drive. And those drives are usually the changing turning points of the game, especially when you're getting turnovers out of them. It's going to be very interesting. And also another key point is the game's at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. so the sun's still going to be up. Uh, hopefully it won't be raining because we'll be out there and I really don't want to sit in the stands while it's raining. But I'm definitely going to be in that press box. Mm, yeah, I remember that life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the 67th Causeway Classic has a lot riding on it this Saturday afternoon. So, Brandon Bailey, as we sit here, the last game of the regular season in 2021, give me your final score prediction for Sacramento State against Davis. I'm not going to lie, Mac. I'm kind of scared to give my prediction. You know, last week I was way off, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, if I had to go with a prediction, man, I'm taking Sac State, and I'm taking them 24 to 21, and here's the reason why. I think these past few games I've been watching Davis, they haven't really got off to, like, a quick start, and I think that's essential when you're playing against a team like Sac State because when Sac State jumps out on you early – like I said, they got one of the best defenses in the big sky. So it's like they have that advantage over teams to where once they get out early, they can just run the ball down your throat, control the time of the possession, and just, you know, give the rest of the weight to the defense. You know what I mean? So that's my prediction, and that's why, man. Um, 24-21, Sac State. You heard it here first. We'll see what happens, man. <laughs> All right. Well, it's going to be a rough game, and I'm going to – I'm going to predict a tight score again because when I do that, they seem to blow teams out of the water. So (laughs) hopefully that's the case this time. I'm going to say 38 to 35. That's my score prediction. And I think Sac State is going to come out on top. I think my man Kyle Santowski is going to be pivotal in this game. I think the defense is going to be pivotal in this game. And I'm going to use the line that coaches love to tell me. They're going to have to execute in all three phases of the game here yeah. if they want to come out on top. And I think that's what it's going to take for them to walk away with know, another Big Sky title. But you know what they say, man. Offense bring the fans in, but defense wins championships. And I know that better than anybody defense wins championships, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And I think that's going to do it for this episode of Fourth and Goal. Be sure to be on the lookout for Brandon's preview of the game against UC Davis that's coming out later this week. And we'll have multiple coverage angles of the game against Davis on Saturday. Instagram, recap, live tweets, and all of that. Be sure to keep yourself updated by going on to StateHornet.com at all times. Be sure to go check out all the content on StateHornet.com. And we'll see you next time. Yeah!